0: Hi, you're listening to the Modern Club Management Podcast with me, your host, Ed Chapman. This podcast takes the lived experiences and knowledge of some of the leading figures and thinkers from the world of club management and beyond, all so that they can become your teacher and elevate your performance. Whether you're looking to start a career in club management, are a seasoned club manager at a world-leading club, or work elsewhere within this wonderful industry, there will be powerful messages and key takeaways that can help you in your career or personal life. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Modern Club Management Podcast with me, your host, Ed Chapman. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Peter Pekagenen. Peter is the General Manager of Commonwealth Golf Club on the famed Sandbelt. In Melbourne, Australia. Pete, thanks for joining me today and how are you going?
1: Thanks Ed. Um, going well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, going, going really well.
0: Excellent. So you've been at Cornwell for about seven months or so now and prior to joining there you were the general manager at Metropolitan for about nine years, another top club. But what was your background before that and how did you get involved in club management?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ed. I had a little stint, um, yeah, prior to Metropolitan at another golf club, uh, Cranbourne Golf Club, for just over two years. And uh, but prior to that, yeah, my, my career was hospitality. So I, out of high school, I studied hospitality, and and then worked in a variety of different uh, fields in that space. So you know, be restaurants and hotels, and um, and then more yeah, beverage style bars, uh, and sort of. Carried off a, a variety of uh, different experiences, uh, which was which is really exciting as a as a young person. Um, look, during during those years, I also had a short stint at a, at a golf club and I just had a bit of a taste for for golf and what that that environment was like. Um, but yeah, I think that things just coincided well with my studies, uh, other studies which I went and did uh, a degree in marketing. And hospitality complemented that really, really well. So, um, yeah, I had a really good career in hospitality. Ended up working for a couple of reasonable-sized hospitality groups. I uh, got into a more broader management um, and oversight of, of a number of venues towards the back end of my my hospitality career, which gave me a good, good, really good insight into. You know, you know, effective business management and um, you know, detailed policies and procedures that are required to have in place in in running a big organization. So, yeah. So from there, it was uh, yeah. Then, then the switch was made to the to the club industry and the golf industry, which I was I was very fortunate to do. It Was just that that point in in life with a with a starting up a young family and. Uh, something that was probably a little bit more conducive to to that was to um would, would be something like the golf industry and, and the club industry. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity at, at Cranbourne. And, um, yeah, and then as you mentioned, after Metropolitan for a, a good stint and and now over at Commonwealth um, for a very exciting uh, uh, part of Commonwealth's history that I'm very fortunate to, to be a part of. And, um, yeah, we've got some big projects on the go that have just started and um, yeah, we're really expecting um, yeah, some really good results from those projects.
0: And how do you feel the role of a general manager has changed in the sort of past decade or so that you've been doing it in golf clubs?
1: Yeah, and it's quite appropriate. I think Yeah, uh, you know, something we're working through at the moment with these major projects and you know, we've we talked about a lot about communication, you know, you know, building effective teams, but you know, also but back to it the Communication element of, is something that um, it's just me. I move things move so quickly, and uh, and I guess the you know powered by social media and the thirst for knowledge uh, and, and information and getting it as quick as uh, as we can as consumers. That's sort of filtering through to club clubs in that environment. So yeah, particularly when we're going through moments of change, it's um, yeah, is a big responsibility on club management to. To be planned, organised, and and communicating you know, effectively and promptly, uh, all the plans at the club and um, and the details behind those plans. So, it's certainly found that's probably been a been a substantial change in club management. That um, yeah, we need to be you know, like I said, organised, moving moving quickly, um, which you know probably not traditionally the way you know um, clubs have been historically and needed to be. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's you're certainly finding that to be a, a different part of the environment at the at the moment, and and, I, and something I don't I don't think will change either.
0: So building on that, if you could go back, knowing what you know now, to your first general manager role you had at at Cranbourne, what advice would you give yourself?
1: Oh well. Um... That's an interesting question, I, I Look, I, I probably, you know, yes, yes, it has moved a lot, but I, I think probably, you know, the thing for me is that I've, I've moved and and I'm in different environments compared to where I started. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, from the communication side, I think it's probably, I think probably something I've learned from myself and that's sort of being, you know, being in the system as well and it comes through the, the management experiences in hospitality, but then also getting to some bigger clubs, you know, the processes and um and procedures is something that certainly changed and uh yeah I guess that's probably learnings, isn't it? And probably the advice I would give to myself as a as a younger manager. Um I think, you know, more broadly management is um and to me my younger self, I guess coming from a a hospitality environment that that moves so, so quickly, um, I talk about club management and change and uh, and uh, you know the need for information and getting things out quickly well you know, hospitality move really quickly and it's a really competitive environment so um but i think i found you know over the journey to my again going back to my younger self but my first club management job yeah it's just pro- it's probably um people management is is the one thing that i've i've learned and, and learned through uh you know being in a in a really good industry the club industry is fantastic um you know and uh, Different hospitality, but you know the structured training that's that's provided through our management association here in Australia. I think they, you know, they do an excellent job. Uh, in Golf Management Australia and things I've learned through the Club Management um, Association of of America, attending their conferences. Uh, yeah, some of the things that I've found out through that, you know, people management has been is, is something that's really important and, and certainly flows flows through to today.
0: You mentioned you got some exciting projects on a Commonwealth. So I believe that's with Renaissance Golf, the redesign project you've got going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Look, it's incredibly exciting. Um, You're really fortunate. Commonwealth's a little beauty uh, here on the Sandbelts, and, um, and, uh, you know, I don't like using the word hidden gem. It gets used a bit. It's, uh, you know, I think something for Commonwealth is, you know, if we we shrug off that tag and never be called that again in – in a couple of years' time, I'll be. I think we think we've achieved something. The um, but it's it's certainly well regarded. It's a beautiful golf course. Uh, it, it, it's it, um, it's unique uh, in in its design. Uh, you know, it's something. It's a course that's um, you know dear to the heart of, of Tom Doak, um, who wrote about it in his confidential guide. And uh, and that's that's you know the beauty of being associated and working with Tom who's been instrumental in the, in the establishment of the plan with, with Brian Slornick uh, that we're about to, or that we're currently executing at the moment. So yeah, so it's, it's, there's two, well, there's, there's a lot of infrastructure changes going on with, with new irrigation systems, but uh, aside from architectural works, we're, we're reconstructing our, um, all of our putting surfaces. Uh, we're taking them back to a, to a pure sand profile rather than being a, a usga spec uh uh you know we're just built on on a beautiful natural sand in um environment uh, a great property so we're so we're, we're reinstigating that and then just making some some minor changes with renaissance but um we're breaking into two two phases uh we're working through the first phase at the moment the second phase will start in in the growing season next year in August. But the second phase has got some more substantial works, and we're you know, affected rebuild of of uh, four holes. Um, but interesting, the rebuilds are um, taking inspiration from our original uh, golf course, which was laid out. So we our first holes going back to something very very similar um, what we had. Uh, prior to its reconstruction in the 90s. So um, so that's also an exciting project. So, yeah, there's subtle improvements, but you are know, really excited that we're going to see a, a substantial improvement in the golf course. And, um, you know, we'll we have a great product, but, yeah, the second part of it will be the communication and the and the marketing of it. And when I say the marketing of it, you know, I think that'll be largely done by our visitors who, so, you, know, you know, we look forward to welcoming them and, you know, Um, our members will be introducing guests and just providing a great experience that will hopefully match a a brilliant golf course that that Renaissance Golf will will construct for us.
0: With those four holes that are being changed back to how they originally were, can you paint a picture of, say, the first hole and how that's going to look different? Am I right in thinking the first hole is a shortish par four with the green slightly round to the right?
1: (laughs) Correct, yeah, yeah. It's... um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it'd short, it's, it'll be shorties, but shorter. It's, uh, you know, approximately about 20 meters shorter, but, uh, it's, um, it will now become a little bit more drivable, uh, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, for those seriously good golfers it, it might be a three wood in the hand. Um, but, you are bringing it, shortening the hole, um, some of the, some of the hazards are also going to be removed at the same time. So it'll, for the, for the mid high handicappers, it, um, it'll still be a, an Enjoyable opener was maybe not too much trouble off the tee, but that second shot is it's going to be quite a difficult one, and that's what that's part of the the charm of Commonwealth. It's um, that's that second shot to the to the hole is you know certainly a challenging one throughout the golf course. Um, but the um, yeah, sort of back to our players for the long hitters at, at playing that little bit short, it's certainly going to entice them to take it on more than what they do now, but um. Yeah, Brian, who's doing the shaping work, is uh, and, and the architectural work certainly got um, some plans in his mind to to make it quite a challenge for for the golfers.
0: Sounds yeah, a very exciting time at the club of all this going on. So, how are you working it in terms of the course being open for play, closed? How's all that working?
1: Yeah, so the, look, we um. I had uh, created a lot of discussion to determine what was the best way of doing this and, uh, you know, we, the, the plan was to, to do it and, and, and is the way in which we're doing it is uh, by doing it nine holes at a time. Uh, we had considered doing it all at once and certainly there was a portion of our membership that was very keen for us to close the course completely and, um, and just get it done and get it done in one growing season. But, um, you know, for a couple of reasons... Wow. Well, one, you know, trying to do it all at once with the weather conditions that we can face in Melbourne, spring can be wet and cold. Uh, so, trying to grow in eighteen new greens and, you know, uh, couch grass and, uh, you yeah, could have been one hell of a challenge, and we, we you know, we could have struck some trouble through the project. So, we 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 just felt it was more appropriate to be doing it nine holes at a time and. And um, and after consultation with the membership and getting their their views on it, uh, it, it was a position that the membership were also comfortable with as well, the majority of. So um yeah, we've we, we set up a little, um, on the southern part of our property, we've we've combined a number of um, well we've we've done a, a bit of a different routing. Uh, we've still got eight greens in play, eight proper greens in play, uh, temporary. Uh, it's um, just running 2T, so it's you know, two loops of, of nine holes. Um, so members are still getting their, their 18 holes in. It's getting They can put a card in for a handicap. Um, we've still got our first hole's not being constructed in this first phase, so it's being used as a little short course as well. So that's been a really good uh, eye-opener for us as well, to be able to try some different things during this, this program. Uh, and just to see how the members use such facilities as well. So, yeah, we've managed to find a a reasonably good solution. Um, Yeah, members have been understanding. Probably rather than playing three games of golf per week, our regular golfers, they're playing two just to lighten the load. You know, quite a few members are over in your part of the world at the moment, Ed, and um, enjoying a a golfing holiday in the UK um, or spending a bit of time in Europe. And um, so it's it's been manageable, um, and, and it'll be effective for the second stage of our our project as well.
0: How long would these nine holes you're currently working on take to grow in and be reopened?
1: Yeah, so we're we're um, hoping to have them all seeded, and they'll be done in stages, but uh, all seeded by the end of October, and then we're allowing through to the end of. January for, for for the growing period so so that's you know 12 weeks plus for some of the greens so you know we're, we're going to need some good growing conditions to, to hit that but we, we expect that um, you know we've, we're going to be using grow cloth and uh, and every I guess every tool that we've got to try and advance the greens um, it, you know without you know pushing them too hard in terms of their growth phase but um, but yeah we're, we're, we're comfortable we um, we'll hit our target date at the end of january um at which stage we'll, we'll reopen the entire golf course
0: okay so then they'll have about six months before then the next phase starts correct yeah and how with the communication of members is there a continual or regular update of the work and what's happening with it
1: yeah so we're we're since the project started we're when, when we pl- pre-planned and committed to doing weekly updates uh, for the members so every Friday morning uh, we've got a videographer that will come in and uh, with his drone as well and we'll, we'll do some flyovers of, of areas that are that have been under construction uh, and then also spend three or four minutes what well, ends up being three or four minutes of, of footage with our course manager just talking about the projects and what's happened over the of the previous week and then giving them an insight into What's happening on on the following week? So, the um, yeah, so that is that's Friday morning every week. We do that and then edit over the weekend and then publish first thing on on Monday. So, so members are, um, are getting a quick update. As I said, it's, uh, it's you know, two, three, four minutes. Uh, we're keeping it short, sharp. Uh, certainly, one thing I've learned with communication, uh, you yeah, it needs to be a little bit punchier nowadays to to capture people's attention and, and make sure they consume all the content that we do send them.
0: Yeah, if it's that two, three-minute video, it's easy for them to click on that and watch versus a long one. And how's the feedback been with them getting those weekly updates? I imagine they'll be quite excited seeing the progress every week.
1: Yeah, correct. And and look, the, the construction team working on this project, the first, the first two weeks have been exceptional and um, they've been moving really, really quickly. And, uh, yeah, the comment from members has been, can't believe so much has been done over the first... Couple of weeks, so so that's been really positive. But it's a, it's a great way of giving them a, an insight into what's happening on the course. Uh, we'll we'll support that with some course walks at uh, at the appropriate time in the next few weeks. But um, but yeah, this is a really good way for them to see uh, exactly what's going on. And and then also, you know, we're giving them each week a just a a little bit of extra information on a particular detail, uh, whether it be you know last week we spoke about the bunker edge construction, which you know, a little bit unique to the sand belt these these firm packed edges and with the sharp sharp bunker corners um uh, you know just just trying to understand you know how how we make that happen and, and how how it's a little bit unique to the sand belt so we we try and give them something interesting with the with the piece as well
0: and that communication you're sending out is that something that you've brought in or is the club always sent out? regular communications on the course? I know it's a bit unique now with the project going on, but.
1: Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's something we've done for the project. Of um, course, up video um, updates on the course by video, not, not something we've done a lot on a regular basis um from time to time it will be done uh, but certainly with projects yeah, week weekly update leading up to these we we did shoot a series of videos which which were a little bit longer but they were sort of that 7 8 minute mark but you know that was introducing the projects and the need uh, and the need for doing the projects and and all the reasons why which you know that's it's a, it's a significant capital investment um, um being made of uh, the members' money, so we certainly needed to go into a, a reasonable level of detail. But um, you know we've got some great members within the club uh, that were really helpful in in um, being the the interviewers for for these these video segments that we did. Um, yeah, we and and the people that we used to they were fantastic about and also about adding a bit of humour to it Ed, as well. I think uh, we always talk about clubs, and know it's important in clubs. We did a member survey recently, and. And um I guess no surprise, but you know, the reason why members are, um, join a golf club is for fun and enjoyment. So um yeah, so we you know, we always got to try and come back to that. And that's what we tried to do with our videos is make them lighthearted. Yes, serious subject matter, but at the same time, you know, let's let's try and deliver it with a with a sense of humour and, and fun. Do
0: you feel video communication with the membership now is gonna be more the way to go? complemented, I'm sure, with some written stuff as well, but do you find the memberships, especially maybe the younger ones, also yeah. really prefer the video?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, look, I, there's always – it always has to be supported by detail in the background, whether it's, you know, certainly you know, your annual report that's certainly got a lot of detail, but any project needs to have a lot of detail. For the, for those that have got an interest in consuming all that information, you know, we need to make sure that we're answering all the questions that they may have. Um because, you know, otherwise it has the risk of, you know, just breeding discussion of, um, you know, things that will be inaccurate and might cause concern amongst the members. So, yeah, we need to ensure we're providing that level of detail. But, um, yeah, we're still trying to find the right balance of how we do that. But, you know, where we can, I think uh, our go-to is, you know, short video communication but then, you know, linked in with that, you know, attachments and, and documents that that can support the messages within the video, and then if if those that want to go off and consume it, they can. Um, those that don't want to, they can they can just ignore it. But as long as we're getting the key messages across to the to the broader membership.
0: And with the either the project update videos or just generally for the club. Is this something that you just keep internally with the membership, or do you also push it out on social media to a wider audience?
1: Yeah, we. Yeah, it's a good question. And we 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 haven't as yet. Um, we when I say we haven't, we 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 fed out some drone imagery, um, which are, which are extracts from the from the member videos, and we and we put out a couple of little um, bits out to, you know through the through the social channels. That we do have. Uh, for the general public but um yeah our, our attention will turn to you know how we communicate and what we communicate to to the to the general public it's um it'll be a little bit different but you know we you know certainly cognizant of members have the ability of forwarding on information to to others and it, and it can leak out um organically that way but uh but for commonwealth and where we're going and, and doing the projects well the project over two stages we we're we're going to be holding a little bit until next year and and that's when we'll certainly start to ramp up our communication to the the broader industry um, to try and uh, unlock that hidden gem tag that I spoke about a little bit earlier and uh, and, and really put Commonwealth on the map as a a brilliant sandbelt golf course.
0: And do you have a a metric as to what you want to reach to kind of know that you've got that tag away? Will that just be kind of a feeling of that's not being mentioned or written about as a hidden gem or will you base that on any course rankings moving up in that
1: the course rankings yeah that, that whatever happens with that then yeah, that's that's where you will, will accept that and you certainly expect it to, the course to be recognized um to a high standard at a, at a high ranking than what it is at the moment but that's yeah, that's for others to to decide but look uh, the, the measure of success um i think uh you know come off in you know, from a membership point of view we're, we're we're solid membership strong um uh and you know i've got a small wait list and you know that that will i think the measure will be the you know, the interest in membership and also the interest in, in visitor play, like like all the sandbelt clubs, we are open to to a play from interstate and international visitors, uh, and and I guess also the members bringing guests to the club. So that will be the key things that we'll look to to say, you know, have we succeeded or or not um, with this project. So yeah, it'll 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 take a little bit of time, but I certainly expect the interest to be there uh, as soon as we've completed the works in early 2024. But I guess you know, the other measure of success is is ensuring that that's there's that sustainable interest um yeah I hope to be having good problems in the future ed where um you know we we're, we're too busy and you know we we are struggling to accommodate um yeah new members and uh and and, and the, the visitor golf where you know we're we're having to to curb it a little bit because it's uh, we've got such high demand so yeah We'll, we'll see where we land, but like I said, I'm, I'm really confident with the, with the product that we're, that we're starting
0: to build. It definitely sounds very exciting, having played the course once myself. I know it's such a lovely layout already, so it will only improve, I'm sure, with these works going on and New Green's irrigation system giving you the control of the condition of the surface and a few, few redesigns, so it sounds an exciting time for the club moving forwards. So. With Commonwealth, you you've been a member there for quite a long time.
1: Correct, yes, yes. Since two thousand and four, November two thousand and four, I joined the club.
0: So, how's that transition been from being a member, knowing the staff and membership, with that relationship to now being the general manager and having quite a different relationship with people you you already know? Have there been what have been the key challenges, and were there any that? You weren't expecting when you came in.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's not it's not normal, Ed. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, you, you certainly understand that it doesn't doesn't happen that often where a member of the club uh, ends up becoming the general manager. But um, or oh, it might have been common actually, probably 70, 80 years ago. But <laughs> as a secretary yeah. manager, so, so maybe <laughs> we're taking a step back in time. Uh, look, it hasn't hasn't been a problem at all, Ed. To be honest. Um, you know we uh, you know I guess took, took my member hat off well I sort of half wear it um, you know I you know my passion for seeing these projects through and being successful and and but more broadly seeing Commonwealth as good as it can be um, you know so there's it burns a little bit through through being a member of the club and having experienced it and um, and I guess also knowing what it could become having been uh you know further down the road at uh at metropolitan and um and seeing you know how how metropolitan operated um yeah which which had a, a you know an advantage over commonwealth through the um ultimately due, due to the investment in their facilities and, and primarily their you know their golf course and their surfaces that they that they had so um so, so, I guess back to the, to the to the point of um yeah, the change. It, look, it hasn't been too bad I, for me yet. I was um I was a really you know, I was a relatively active member in my younger days of membership, but um I first child born in two thousand and ten, uh, and and then at that stage, um, I quickly um shortly after went to a a, a lesser playing category. Um, yeah, I think my, me and my wife. I think early days, we've, you know, be, before marriage, you know, we, I used to say, "Oh, it's one thing I'll never give up, and that's my golf membership." And then, yeah, as soon as the first child arrived, <laughs> things things change rapidly. So, so that being the case, just being um, yeah, being a what was what was we call a stricter member. I was I was only visiting the club twice, three times, four times a year uh, max. Um, uh, probably visit it more often when I was going there for a meeting as um, you know to you know catching up with the you know as as we do between clubs and, and general managers just to um, you know share ideas so probably spent more time with the club in, in in that in that medium rather than being as a as a playing member. So yes yeah, so I was a little bit removed but having said that, yeah like I said the passion was still there. So yeah look we you, you know, sort of really just come up with the mindset yeah, you know, my role is yes, I'm the, I'm the general manager. Um, you know, I understand that, I know my responsibilities as as an employee of the club, as the general manager, and um, you yeah, know, really just just push on on those on that basis. But at, yeah, the positive has been is that you know I know the course really really well, and um, I know when I started Metropolitan, I think I'd only played there three or four times, and I you know, felt like I was you know yeah. You know, bit distance with a lot of the conversations when it came to the golf course and elements of the golf course and probably took me about, you know, a good six months to get up to speed with those sorts of things, which, you know, I certainly didn't have that issue mm-hmm. at Commonwealth. So it was really handy coming in so close to the major project starting and um and just knowing the, the course property really, really well. Um knowing knowing the club well in terms of its history. Um but even that's been pleasing too. Now as a as a GM, I've had a little bit more time to you know, do a bit more of a deep dive and really understand and appreciate uh, the history of the Commonwealth Golf Club as well.
0: you feel then that having that passion for the club, being a member there and if anything like me, whenever you go to another golf club or even a restaurant, you can't help but look around and see what could be done differently and improved. I think that's a, a big part of the, the passion behind taking this job and – Really wanting to to push the club forward with that,
1: yeah, it was yeah. Look, I, and I um, uh, and I observed probably in recent years that um, yeah, that the club was actually on the right path and uh, in its planning for doing the works that it's now doing. So, you know, as a as a member, I was you know, really pleased that you know that they'd done a number of things and. Um, and position themselves financially to to be in a position to do these major works. So it was, it was really, um, it was nice to see that, you know, there's there's good things happening at the club and then, yeah, it just coincided that uh, this opportunity arose uh, when the the position became vacant uh, and, um, yeah, and I had a you know, beautiful tenure at Metro, loved it. But, yeah, to to see this pre-planning and organisation and opportunity to get involved and, and execute projects and, and get come off where it needs to get to, it was, it, was, it was pretty exciting.
0: Anything else on the course project that you want to add about what's been going on or you feel you've fairly well covered that?
1: Oh, I think so, yeah.
0: Okay, great. Right. So I'll go on to a few other questions more sure. about... Um, see you as a club manager, what behavior or belief have you changed in the past, say, five years that has positively impacted your personal or professional life? So for, for me, I used to always think that before I could implement an idea or a process, it would have to be 100% ready to go before I, I felt comfortable with it. But then I was playing golf with a mentor of mine, and we were still on this elevated tee box, looking down at the fairway with hands both sides. And we've been discussing this and he looked at me and just said, you have to pull the trigger on 80% or be ready to, and then iterate up to where you want to, because it will never be a hundred percent before you want to. Uh, and that was based on his experience of going through an acquisition of a business. And that's something that's really, I've changed in myself of being more comfortable with, Something not quite being a hundred percent, and then iterating it, and found that's made decision making a lot quicker for myself.
1: I'm going to steal that, Ed. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think for, think for me probably the the changes, and, and um, you know, it was probably it was probably and through through a tenure of a, of a nine year stint at, at at Metro was at. Um, yeah, well, it was actually you know, learning to let go and and just empower people, and um, which you know, I was, but not to say I was ever uh, bad at that, but I you know certainly um, you know relinquished more and more, and uh, and really encouraged you know people to people to take those responsibilities on, and you know and back them to just just make make decisions, and then you know advise me after the fact um, you know, rather than yeah. You know, checking off too many things sometimes and and i think look that comes with trust and you know working with people for a period of time and i had a you know fairly stable team but you know i think that's something for me is learn and learning is that I got to ensure that i've got a team around me that uh and i get to that position as quick as i can uh to ensure that you know that the club can thrive so we, we've got people that are that are uh, engaged, empowered and, you know, and, and accepting responsibility because they, they've got ownership and, um, and that we can move quicker to, um, to get things done and, and enhance services and, and deliver on the, the wanted experiences of members.
0: It's always one of those challenges when you go from being like the star employee and you do everything and that's how you achieve to then being the leader where you need to empower everybody else to do that. And that, yeah, initial bit of letting go of that certainly can be a challenge. What advice do you think your 10 year older self would give you now?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I know what it is, but uh, would have been spend more time with your family. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, think, but I think I think I think everyone says that. But, yeah. um,
0: well, that's a good one. That's a certainly important part of balancing the challenges of a rewarding job but what can be time consuming and tough finding that balance to spend time with family uh, especially with with kids
1: yeah yeah i think um oh yeah i it's mean, a good question ed i hope it's you know and one of the things i hope it's, you know it's not something along the lines of you know you're you're you know, you're a dinosaur and too slow to adapt or something like that. But um yeah <laughs> I, um yeah it's something I certainly pride myself on just trying to well I promise I'm work hard at to try and stay, you know, relevant and in the day. But um yeah, I'll have to take that on notice and I might have to maybe come back to that Ed if I can. That's okay, no problem at all.
0: So how do you give feedback? So can you give an example of when Someone's disappointed you in your team and how you handled that. If you can like, paint a picture of the situation with uh, obviously anonymously uh, of what happened and, and how you handled that.
1: Yeah, look, d- directly, Ed, I'm, um, you know, I, I try and deal with these things as quick as I can. And, um, you know, I'm honest, uh, you know, look people in the eye, tell them I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm here to help, I'm here to support, um, which, yeah, and, and it's, it's, you yeah, know, I'll say that it comes back to the honesty um, you know, I yeah, I'd rather tell people, talk to the people that I need to talk to about, you know, something that they're not quite doing right, rather than talk to, you know, five or five or six other people about it. So, um, yeah, just being honest and have that quick conversation, deal with it as quick as we can, um, and and then also, you know, just you know, ask their perspective of of, of things and you know what what I could be doing to help them or, or what. Yeah, you know, we could be doing in the environment to, to help them. But, um, yeah, like I said, just ad- addressing things as, as quick as we can and, and you know, taking the time to explain to them if we need to in more detail as to, you know, if they don't quite understand why, um, uh, you, know, you know, go to that effort so they know exactly why, you know, they need to change what they do or, you know, why they should have done something differently and, um, yeah, and just help them through that.
0: What's a big passion of yours within... Club management and the golf industry in Australia. I know at Metropolitan you brought in some initiatives to increase the number of women in golf at the club and it, and in general, obviously not just yourself but the whole team. Can is there anything that you're really passionate about wanting to improve or change, and and why do you care about it, and when did you start feeling that?
1: The women thing was, um, yeah, so it was really really rewarding. Uh, we were. We were awarded visionary of the month uh, by golf australia for for some of the programs that we we established and um yeah more importantly it uh yeah it has a positive impact it changes the environment enhances the environment when you've got a you know a good mix of of male and, and, and female um so you know that was that was certainly rewarding i think um yeah, and that was for, you know, amongst – and there are things that came out through strategic planning at, at, at Metropolitan and that's something that was really important to that to that club. I think um, – and we're about to go through that process at, at, at Commonwealth for our next strategic plan and, you know, that might be one of the things that, that come out. So for me the the reward is, um, you know, and looking at things now from a Commonwealth perspective is, is just having, um, you know, Commonwealth members being really proud of uh, – being a member of Commonwealth. you know that that's probably the, you know, the the big motivation for me at, at this stage. And it's not to say members of Commonwealth aren't proud, but, you know, I think it's um you know certainly there's another another level we can get to. So that's that's a big motivator for me um, to try and to try and deliver on that for the members in the short term and then and then any other things that fall within that strategic plan. But now, having a strong, vibrant club um, that people want to be a part of, then, uh yeah, it's it's a they, they're, they're pretty special places to work in. Ed, as I'm sure you know, when um, when you know, a member walks through the door and they brought a guest in, and they're just really proud to show off their club to to their guests. You know, you, you get a nice, warm feeling, particularly when you've delivered a, a yeah, you and your team have delivered a good service at, at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, it sounds like then that. That member experience and, and that joy you give them—that's what gets you out of bed when that alarm clock goes off.
1: Yeah, yeah, spot on. And, and look, probably another part too is that, and that's the really second part is, is you know seeing my team members you know being successful in what they want to do as well, and and seeing their career develop and grow. I think um, you know my operations manager at, at Metropolitan. Uh, you know, secured a general manager's job over in New Zealand last year, and you know, seeing those sorts of things happen is, um, yeah, is it's really rewarding. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there, there, there's certainly things that you. Uh, it goes back to the, the discussion we had before about, you know, teams and managing teams, and and um, you know, having those honest conversations so they can grow and develop. And then, yeah, there's a there's a, a lot of positivity that comes from um, others, yeah, people in your team succeeding.
0: What's one of the best pieces of advice you've been given in your career and that maybe now you still reflect back on and, you, and use?
1: Yeah, I think look, probably in my, in my hospitality days, I got some nice candid advice. Um, and that was, you know, I was, and I probably haven't lost it all, Ed, but um, you know, I can be pretty passionate at times and um, and maybe, you know, too passionate and uh, sometimes, you know, my passion and and desire and uh, you know may not match what other people think about things and um, so yeah, so that that was probably something that I need to learn and understand and manage is that yeah, what I might see as something that's really important and, and a standard that I might, you know, be chasing, um, you know, might not be on yeah, you know, others might not be on the same page, and you know, and then for good reason. You know, I might not be, you know, may not be right. So it's just, um, you know, I think having you know, greater awareness of you know of others and their views on things. I think, um, you know, that's probably um, you know some some good advice that I got early days, and certainly still carry with me today.
0: The so one final question, on the back of clubs, generally around the world, are, are struggling a bit with recruiting people. What's one message you'd send to anyone who's maybe thinking of joining the club industry, or if there's any ways you've tried to address any recruitment struggles you've had that you've found have been useful?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a bit tough at the moment, certainly. It, I think um, again, I'm going to get back to fun and enjoyment. It's why our members you know, come to our club. It's and it's you know it's very much why um, employees will stay. I think you know there's that that opportunity to develop. Yes, um, which I think you know we need to provide as an industry. So we need to provide a professional workplace, um, you know, a team that's dedicated to supporting each other, helping each other to achieve goals that are greater. You know, whether it's within the club or outside of the club. So I think you know that's important. But that's for you know, for those that are not looking for career, you know, they don't have great career aspirations apart from you know just having a place where they can enjoy going to work. Um, then yeah, you need to make it fun and enjoyable and, and you know, show that you really appreciate what they do. So um, it's just having, you know, taking sufficient time in the day you know, where you can to to you know, spend that time with them. And um, yeah, and certainly not to say that um, I think all management would say, "I wish, wish we allocated more time to do that," and 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 we're better at it. But um, I think those little things are are important. Um, yeah, if you if you're not if you're not having fun at work um, then uh, yeah, it can be can be pretty pretty tough gig and um, and I think uh, some people will will look for alternate options so it comes back to the club industry and then you go well yeah when you ask the question you what know, benefits of the club industry why the club industry Well, again that combination of you know and and generally how you know, the 98 percent of the members are, you know, are there for for that and um, you know they're, they're there to, to have it a good time um you know in good spirits good humor um so that's a great that's a great place to go and work um you know I, um yeah, I, I, yeah where i can you know i love getting out and talking to the members and um you know i might get caught up on something that's got a lot of detail or, or maybe even getting some feedback from a member that may not be too positive about you know something that we're doing. Um, I, I tend to always try and balance it out with, you know, go out to the lounge and talk to, you know, a dozen members and, you know, see how they're going, get their feedback on things. And, um, and invariably I go back to the office with a clear head and, you know, and a positive mindset. And I can deal with that, that, you know, that feedback that's been given, um, accordingly. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's just an example of, you know, I guess what the club industry can do and the environment it can provide. Um, so yeah and I think and more broadly too it's you know we're, we're a very you know, loyal and supportive industry so it's uh yeah it's a, it's a great place to to work and you know, and a career to date that I've really 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 enjoyed and um, and so glad that I made the switch from from hospitality to to clubs
0: Yeah definitely it's, you find the right club and it's a great fun environment to work in with great people and yeah that's a huge part of it people are going to be especially in the even more the F&B side of clubs it can be I mean all of it can be tough but they're especially so and yeah if you're making that a fun environment for them they're going to enjoy it more for sure hmm. yeah absolutely well I want to be respectful of your time with me today Pete thank you for joining me it's been a real pleasure having this conversation is there any final message you want to pass on to the listeners or
1: Oh, no, look, no, no, I it, it enjoyed, enjoyed the chat. It's, uh, it's nice to talk about what's happening at Commonwealth. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's a really, really exciting time. And, um, yeah, I really look forward to having you out at um, when you can make it back to Australia and uh, hosting you for a game of golf. And, um, yeah, get out and enjoy the new course.
0: Yeah, definitely. I look forward to that. I've Having uh, played the original one as it was a few years ago, I look forward to coming out and having a game with you. Thank you for joining me on this journey. As we dive into the world of club management, I hope you enjoy listening to these conversations as much as I enjoy having them. If you do enjoy and get value from them, I have two small requests, simply subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast, listening app and leave a review and share it directly with someone whom you think would benefit from listening. If you're interested in being a guest. On this show yourself then you can reach out to me using the details in the show notes or email me modern at pm.me in the show notes you will also find a link to my bi-weekly newsletter that complements these conversations where you can sign up to receive these directly into your inbox so that you never miss out thanks for tuning in and have an amazing day This episode is brought to you by Swader. Swader is the social learning platform that delivers high quality blended learning with human connection. Swader is on a mission to revolutionize the digital learning space through restoring the critical element of human engagement that has gotten lost in online learning. The technology provides everything organizations or individuals need on one single platform to achieve meaningful long-term learning success. Using these skills helped me attain a job offer as the Director of Golf at Golf Digest Top 100 in the World Ranked Course when, after I completed their Influence and Communication courses. But don't just take my word and the 97% 5-star reviews it has had on Trustpilot for it. Try it yourself. All you have to do is email david at suader.com. That's suad da.com and quote the modern club management podcast to claim your free enrolment onto the reciprocity course to start your journey to become a more influential and persuasive communicator.